Hey folks, uh, Sile here. Um, thank you for joining us for another episode and the final one before um, uh, the holiday period really kicks off, um, our recruiter screen. Uh, as a reminder, every week we speak to a recruiter or recruiting leader who's top of their game and have an informal, uh, low bullshit conversation about what it's like being a recruiter for them, what they love about it, what they like a little bit less. Uh, this week, uh, pumped to be chatting to uh, Mahmoud. Mahmoud, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, how are you doing? All good. All good. Doing great. Getting ready for the last week because uh, next week we'll be completely off uh, at work. So uh, really, really excited for that. It's been a really busy couple of months. So can't wait. Yeah. How about you? How are you doing? I'm really good as well. Thanks. Yeah. Um, been a been a been a crazy, eventful, fun year. Looking forward to reflecting on it a little bit and then uh, gathering up a bunch more energy to to do it again in, in 2024, basically. Um, uh, I'm not asking you to introduce yourself in a second, but I thought it actually worked. So the first the first real interaction I ever had with Mahmood was about, I guess, four, six weeks ago now, where we were attending an event and you had to turn to your right, I think it was, and massage the person behind you, which sounds really strange now I say it out loud. <laughs> but the person to my right at that event was Mahmood. And so that is how we, uh, we haven't even said words to each other before this, actually. I think that we've only ever massaged each other. Um, so that's how I know Mahmood. But anyway, why don't you do a better introduction, Mahmood? Tell us about yourself. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me, Sile. Really, really exciting to be uh, to be on the call with you. Uh, super quickly, my name is Mahmoud Ali. Uh, I'm originally from Cairo, from Egypt, uh, a lot sunnier than where I live now in Amsterdam. Uh, I've been living in Amsterdam for the past two and a half years. I moved for work. Um, professionally, I've been doing recruitment and talent sourcing for a couple of years. Uh, since 2016, I guess, uh, I started off in agency recruitment as most recruiters start. Uh, I think the first four years were um, pure agency recruitment for me. Obviously, as you know, as an agency recruiter, you bounce from one industry to the other. So kind of worked on a lot of industries from consumer goods to uh, tech, obviously engineering and a lot of other industries as well, and worked on different uh, levels as well, from entry level up to director, senior director, and uh, mostly executive roles. Um, and then I kind of uh, switched a little bit, moved into corporate, did some early talent recruitment, which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, early talent is something that I'm also very passionate about. And then I made the move to the Netherlands, and uh, I've been focused on tech recruiting for the past three and a half years. Uh, at the moment, I'm working in the sports and apparel industry. Uh, I'm leading uh, recruitment for uh, one of the business domains in the company I work for, uh, which is basically data and artificial intelligence. And that's mostly what I've been uh, very focused on for the past two years. Um, I've also kind of personally slash professionally, uh, I co-founded or founded a, a kind of like a recruiting community back home in Egypt. Um, when I moved here to the Netherlands, I noticed a lot of meetups for recruiters, which is something that I've never really saw back home. So I always wanted to start that. Um, and I basically started ERC, which is Egypt Recruiting Community. Uh, we've had a couple of meetups and now working on a very big uh, talent acquisition conference in January. So super excited about that as well. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sneaker collector. If you like sneakers, I love sneakers. I, uh, I've been collecting a lot of sneakers as well, mostly Nikes, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very much into music. I used to make music before and now I'm just kind of pausing, but hopefully I'll come back to making music again. So uh, yeah, very briefly, who I am. <laughs> yeah, you work at the right company to be a sneaker head and work <laughs> in their, their sort of AI, I guess, department. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. That's awesome. Um, Mahmoud, are you ready for your recruiter screen? Born ready. Let's go. Let's do it. You should have said, just do it. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. 
Mm. Um, what is it that uh, about recruiting that uh, uh, gets you most frustrated, makes you want to throw your laptop out the window? I feel like this is really bad to start on a negative vibe because you seem like a really positive <laughs> person, but that's where we're starting. No, no, very fair answer. I think I think we all have these moments in uh, in, in recruitment. I think so. I, I'll be honest. I was watching actually the previous episode with uh, Christian Bright, and I would really have to agree with what he said. Is that the more you kind of have experience in recruitment and the more you do this job, the less you get annoyed with with the things you see because you've kind of you've kind of expecting everything. Um, but if I would if I would choose one thing, it has to be the things that I cannot control or the things that are completely out of my hand. That's when I'm at the most of my frustration. So for example, I think recently in the past year, obviously with how the market is getting competitive and with you know all companies cutting down on hiring, I think one of the things that was very frustrating is visa issues, for example. You have a lot of countries that are putting more, uh, um, more kind of restrictions on visas. I've had a case when I was hiring someone in Belgium and we've had to wait, usually the visa would, would have taken a two to three months. And then we've had to wait actually like eight to 10 months uh, to be able to hire someone. Um, so I think things like these are kind of the most frustrating because then you have to go to the candidate, explain what's the process like, and that is completely out of your hand that you can't really do anything about it. And also nothing that the candidate ha can do anything about as well. So I think it's those things that you really have no control over that gets me the most annoyed and, and most frustrated. Um, but again, like I said, the more you do the job, the more you kind of expect everything that's going to happen. So the less you get annoyed, which is which is great. So gotta gotta agree with Christian on that one. Yeah, yeah, and agree on both sides around sort of uh, having that perspective, not to get so frustrated about things, especially the things that are out of your control. I.e., much as they are incredibly frustrating, sort of there's no point. You know, the frustration is futile, right? So just uh, you got you absolutely. You could do everything right, and it still goes wrong. So yeah, 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 yeah. Actually. Personally, that's a big, um, I think it's in seven habits of highly effective people of just like this focusing on your, essentially on your sphere of influence. And I think obviously many people in their career want to grow their sphere of influence so that more things are within their control. Um, yeah. Everyone wants to do that, but some people do. But uh, yeah. yeah, in the meantime, if it's out of your control, you sort of got to not, not let it get to you because it doesn't, doesn't help anyone. Absolutely. Um, so what's um when you work with hiring managers is there like a a trait that you think is especially you know helpful for you as a recruiter you know, a favorite trait in a hiring manager yeah um i think i have to choose two things honestly i think the the first thing is a hiring manager who is really committed to our collaboration together um i think a lot of hiring managers expect that we just come in basically bring candidates out of our pocket and boom you know here you go but i think the best hiring manager or the the yeah the best one is basically the one who is really committed to the process um you can find them when or you can find them when you can find them you can talk to them when you want to uh they they really want to collaborate they really want to basically follow a process that you you together kind of create i think that's one thing that i would love to have in a hiring manager that I work that I work with is the commitment. But also another thing I'm thinking about is someone who is easy to work. And I think that's a really underrated skill nowadays is someone who is easy to work with. Um, again, someone who you can communicate with when you want, someone who is just light, you know, lighthearted, um, again, follow follows a process with you, um, collaborates with you and kind of put a strategy with you together. Uh, on contrary of someone who would just basically tell you, oh, this is what I want, and then just disappear and expect you to do everything on your own. So as something who is someone who is easy to work with, I think that would probably be the top quality that I always look for in a hiring manager. And I think a lot of recruiters have that one hiring manager in a company where 
everyone is dreading to work with because they're either hard to work with or just, yeah. just pain in the ass or they're just annoying. So yeah, I think easy to work with is I think is a is the best quality. I think in everybody, not just the hiring manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely um I I feel like I think with the hiring, I think with the sort of recruiter hiring manager relationship, I think that's really important and the other and the collaboration, the collaborative aspect and sort of seeing it as a shared goal, I think is we hear that a bunch. And obviously I think it personally too. Um, yeah. on the whole like easier easy to work with people i sometimes like come to and fro on this like obviously you do get some really some people who are really great at what they do for whom that is not their strength you know they're not so great frankly at working with others but then uh you do obviously wonder about the net negative impact of that and like overall is it better if if actually we we have folks that get on i know warren buffett i think when he talks about how he builds his his company is just almost purely based on like something that maybe in the recruiting world we don't think about as like a great way to make your hires but the way he thinks about it um is essentially people who he likes and gets on with and would happily you know spend his time with you know he just thinks about it in terms of this is time allocation he's getting yeah. who do i want to spend my time with and that's like that's how he thinks about things and obviously yeah. really high really successful company as is as is nike um yeah. what about sort of on the on the sort of the the other side to that um maybe just the opposite but is there something that sort of sometimes you feel stops you from doing your best work um, that a hiring manager may sort of exhibit? Um, I think, and and I've seen this a lot, especially in the past two to three years, I think biased hiring managers or hiring managers who have bias, I think these are, you know, it's very hard to work with them because it's because they're usually stubborn. They're usually very hard to convince with something. And again, I completely understand. We're all, we're all consciously biased towards something. Uh, and we try and... I think if someone said they're not biased, I think they're lying. I'm, I'm, I know also I'm obviously biased towards something. And I think it's our role as recruiters to kind of educate hiring managers and teach them about what is what is unconscious bias and how to basically go around it. Uh, but again, I think hiring managers who would be very biased towards, you know, a company that they've worked at before or someone that they worked with before, even though they didn't really perform well in an interview, they really insist on still hiring that person because they're just unconsciously biased towards them because they know them personally or they know a company or they know a university, which I also have also seen where people just want to hire from a specific university uh, or a specific whatever degree or whatever. Um, I think I think I always find these are the kind of the hardest or my least favorite uh, qualities to kind of work with. Again, not just hiring managers, but uh, even recruiters, yeah. model managers and everybody basically. Yeah, yeah. So I totally get how, obviously that sounds like, that's definitely like not an optimal trait, but it's obviously really frustrating when that's a problem, when it results in rejecting a candidate, i.e., hey, they they, they they seem great, but unfortunately they went to the wrong university, I'm not going to hire them. That's clearly very frustrating and, and, and wrong. What about on the flip side? If there are times when actually the candidate, as you mentioned, didn't perform well, they're still inclined to hire them just because of their resume. Yeah. Do you actually, do you get frustrated by that? Or do you actually think, great, like another, another wreck sort of filled? No, absolutely. So I, I think we really get like, especially where I work at the moment, we really focus on the quality of, of what the people we hire. And we never really want to hire someone just because the hiring manager said yes. And I'm like, oh, woof, a wreck off my shoulder. If I did that, I'm still going to get really, um, it, it will, we, you will see that, you know, if you hire someone who didn't really perform well, you will really see that. And I think at the moment, we kind of have a, have a, um, a higher proof or um kind of a, a protection from that where we don't just put the hiring decision in the hands of a hiring manager. Obviously they are the decision makers in the end of the day, but we have kind of a, of a panel that everyone has a, 
uh, decision in the in the hiring process in the end. So basically, recruit or the candidate goes through multiple rounds of interviews um, with different interviewers at different timings. No one shares the feedback with one another, and then we kind of all debrief on one call and share the feedback. So I think that's one way that we try to um, uh, kind of tackle that point of of bias. But also we took it upon ourselves as well. And as we speak, we're working on kind of a hiring manager training. And part of it is the unconscious bias part where we we say, you know, your feedback is not how, you know, I feel, I think, I believe it's they did one, two and three and four. And therefore, I know they will be able to do this job. Um, but no, I think I think it goes both ways. And I think you said it perfectly. It's either they want to hire someone really just because of where they studied or or the company they worked for, or someone who, again, didn't really perform well, but they still want to hire them because of, uh, again, unconscious bias. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Makes sense. Um, any sort of like a go-to like funny stories or horror stories that you're willing to share about, you know, your time as a recruiter? With a hiring manager or an or an, in, in an intern? Uh... We have have a lot of stories to be honest. I think I'm gonna say one that were that happened here because I have several ones that happened back home, and I wanna I wanna say something that might be a little bit relevant. But also, um, it was a virtual interview as as we mostly do virtual interviews all the time. I was interviewing a candidate, um, and again, you know, me and you were chatting about this before before the call started with you know whole getting a big you know you know it's very normal and it's very human. Like if you're in an interview or if you're in a call or something and then the door rings and someone comes for it with a package or something, it's very unexpected, but it's very normal. Again, it happens to me as well. And I, and I apologize and I wait and I just go pick up the package and I come back, continue my interview. But there was this one guy that I was interviewing and he had to go pick up a package. And I think he was, he was there for some time. I think there was an issue, but his kid came and basically came in front of the screen and I started to have a talk with her and it was basically more of like getting to know the kid. We were chatting about her. How old is she? What school she goes to? And I think we spent about like a good seven, eight minutes just talking with the girl. And it was honestly one of the funniest, but also wholesome moments of my career where I've never really had this happen before. So that was honestly really, really cool. And I, I definitely enjoy that. Yeah, nice. That's nice. Did you did you hire the person? Uh, No. Okay. No, I, I passed them through the recruiter screen, but then they yeah, didn't. Okay. I'm going to say, I wonder if that complains of bias. Maybe this is like a nice. What is it that um, that sort of gets you most excited about your about recruiting, you know, day to day? Um, I think it's a very cliche answer, but uh, it's really working with people or getting to meet new people. It's very cliche, but I'm someone who is, I really feed off people's energy. Um, so I really love talking to a lot of people. And obviously in recruitment, you speak to people from all corners of the world. And I'm very interested in how, you know, different minds are wired and how 10 people might answer to the same question. You might get 10 different answers. That's something that really, really excites me. I think definitely that would be the number one thing. Again, very cliche. It's one thing that got me into recruitment and I still am very excited about uh, the same thing as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's obviously no right or wrong answer to this, but in, I think that's like a a very compelling answer for someone who's in recruiting. Also, because I think it's going to become more and more about the human um, yeah, over yeah. time, less and less. And so actually it's like, it leaves you in a really leaves one in a really good spot if that's the thing that excites them because i think that's what yeah is going to increasingly become the job you know is to be that 
whether it's an amateur psychologist or the person who sort of like is picking up these patterns around how different people answer things. And of course, we hope augmented by technology, but it's still like a the sort of this the human human at the heart of the these matchmaking decisions. So that's cool. Um, yeah. And when you think about the future of of talent acquisition, um, is there something sort of on the horizon that you're you've got your eye on that you think is an exciting development that might occur or or anything like this? Um, I think really comes to no surprise it's AI and automation. I think it's uh, it's something that is really exciting. Um, but I think one thing that I'm excited more about is how AI and automation is going to exist in the recruitment industry and how both recruiters and AI slash automation tools are going to coexist. I think uh, I'm sure you've heard this before, but a lot of people came out and said like, oh, AI is going to replace recruiters. AI is going to replace talent sources. And I think that's complete bullshit. Obviously, it's it's going to add to us. It's going to help us perform better. But I'm really excited to see with the improvement of AI and the improvement of technology in general. And and as you know, you know, every day we get something new. Every day, it, you know, what we have advances fifty percent or even hundred percent as a, at a at a crazy rapidly growth uh, percentage. I'm really excited to see how uh, me, myself as a recruiter and with the new AI tools and the automation, how are we going to work together? And if it's going to make me actually more efficient or is it going to make me more lazy and more an inside of a box thinker rather than an outside of a box thinker? That's one thing that I'm really interested in knowing. Um, and, and I think, and I don't know if that would be a very relevant answer to this question, but I'm also really excited about um, how recruiters are really starting to focus on personal branding with everything and with how the recruiting market ha has been the past year or the past two years with obviously all the layoffs and how competitive it's getting. I was reading the, the recruitment trends report by Matcher. Um, I'm sure you know them with, uh, with the conference that we attended together. Um, there was a stat that it says 95% of recruiters believe that uh, um, the market is going to become either more competitive or will remain competitive in the next year. Um, and I think it was also a number, I can't really remember, I think 90% or something or 85% of US recruiters believe that personal branding affects their hiring decision. Um, so I'm really excited about how personal branding is moving from a, a nice to have to a must to have. That's that's how they actually put it in their report because I'm someone who is really, who's really excited about personal branding and, and, and I'm a big, big fan of it as well. Um, so that's something that I'm also really excited about. Again, the market, obviously nothing to be happy about with how it is, but it also kind of pushed all recruiters to focus more on the personal branding. Um, so that's something I'm also really interested in seeing how it's going to evolve in the next year. Yeah. Sorry, long. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great answer. I think, um, yeah, it's it's so interesting. I feel like maybe personal branding was like a little bit, it felt like, um, it, it previously felt maybe the people that did it, it was seemed a little bit self-important maybe whereas yeah, now yeah. i think it's it's become so organic and so native to a lot of the platforms that we use it's almost you'd have to be like i mean this is an example of it, right even even running these these recruiter screens is it's just a really good way to have a, a conversation and then why wouldn't you share it with other people it's like it, it's almost become more wholesome more natural and and just you're missing out if you're not putting yourself out there even even if your vibe is you know more introverted or whatever there's still ways i think you can sort of uh, exude that and 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 be be yeah fulfill that brand so yeah I think it's Absolutely. a really interesting point. 
Yeah, absolutely. But but also, and I think you said it as well, you, you started to see, you know, people are, are being more vocal and, and being more visible on online. But it's also there's a lot of and, and excuse me if I can say that but it's a lot of bullshit as well on LinkedIn. And there's a lot of things that you see that are completely wrong, whether it's advice to recruiters or advice to candidates as well. And that's something that I'm also hoping to change as well. And people become really more um, uh, kind of they take accountability in what they share and they they need to know that a word that they would put out online can be really, really impactful to a lot of candidates that would see it because they they have no one else to believe but but recruiters who, who have the ability to hire them for a job. So I'm also hoping for more um, bullshitless content and bullshitless visibility online uh, rather than just putting stuff online just to, just to be seen and just to be visible without an actual um, benefit from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to riff on that actually a little bit, I wonder if part of what it will change that is I'm starting to see it a little bit. I guess the sort of the the feeds of news that I pay most attention to are like AI news, startup news, and of course then talent TA recruiting news. Um, and I feel like I am seeing more. I think historically you've always had this this sort of ratio of these number of people are like actually producing content, you know, saying things, and then the majority of people are just passively scrolling and observing and you know like twitter is like a great example like i very rarely tweet but i read i read twitter a lot or x um and i wonder if that ratio will actually change and that's part of what will drive accountability because actually if i see some bs post when's the point in time where to me it just becomes completely natural that i'm going to kind of hey, that's a load of crap like i know better than this and i'm going to sort of explain to you why whereas right now my my default is really okay whatever that person doesn't know what they're talking about i just keep on scrolling so you yeah. don't get that accountability but i feel like i'm seeing more people like you know the, the the comments the comments sort of you know blowing up a little bit when when people disagree so i wonder if that's actually a good thing as opposed to a yeah because it keeps people a little bit more honest about what they're putting out there I think it's always good. I think people people are really calling out uh, uh, BS content. I think people are commenting, engaging, or whatever you want to call it. I think that's that's obviously good. I actually have a, a very good example. Just last week, or yeah, last week, I posted something on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, I had to delete it because people literally fought in the comments, and it was it was getting a little bit out of hand. But I, I made a post about cold calling and about recruiters who still cold call people. And obviously, I had so many agency recruiters, obviously, you know, not being very happy with it. Um, or recruiters who have been in the market for, you know, maybe a little bit longer time than me, who were at a time cold calling was the thing. And nowadays, I still believe that cold calling is great, but I still also believe in, you know, reaching out to a candidate first, checking when when are they available, or just putting a question in the in the application form for them to put their availability. Um, and there's so many people on the post who kind of agreed, and then there's so many people who did not agree, and it, it became crazy. And I had to put it out because... People were literally fighting and it was getting a little bit out of hand. But I think it's nice for people to engage. I think it's nice for people to comment and call it out. It's definitely good. Like you said, it's going to put people into, they're going to, it's going to, it's going to not let recruiters get out of, out of hand and write BS stuff and really be careful about what they write because people are going to call them out. Yeah, 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 totally. Nice. All right. We're running a little bit over. So last question and let's, uh, yeah, I guess just uh, answer it. Um, uh, quicker than usual um and that's on me by the way that's not a not, not on you um what are the sort of the three qualities you sort of think make up a top recruiter uh okay i'll be very quick i think first thing based on how the market has been in the past two years i think adaptability recruiters really adapt with how the changes are and we're also with ai and automation being introduced so being very adaptable to changing your ways of working it's very important. Uh, second thing is being resourceful. Um, again, it's very 
basic. And I think every recruiter needs to be resourceful, but I still see a lot of ones who don't really know how to use what they have. So being resourceful is very important. And then I think the last and most important thing is uh, the business savviness or understanding your business very well. That's something that unfortunately I see still a lot of recruiters who go on an interview, they do an interview with a candidate, and then they get, get asked a very basic question about the job, but they have no idea about what they're looking for. And therefore, they go and hunt the wrong people or they hunt the wrong industries. So I think this is the one, they, these are the three elements, but I think the last one is, to me, is the most, most important one. And I've tried to speak to everybody about to really understand what you're looking for before you start, go and look for it. Um, and also will make your intake sessions a lot easier, will make your conversations with your hiring managers a lot, a lot smoother when you know how to talk their language. Um, so yeah, try to be quick. <laughs> yeah, I think that last one is, I think they're all great, but I think that last one, no one else has mentioned that. And that's a super, I, I agree. I think that basically enables you to calibrate and calibration, I think is the killer of hiring efficiency. If you're not calibrated, you just, frankly, you're not, I wouldn't say slowing things down as a recruiter, but you're, you've been a lot slower than your guys could be if you don't understand Ooh. what you're looking for, totally. Um, the wrong yeah, nice. Amazing. Mahmoud, thanks so much for, for the time. Really appreciate it. Um, any quick note to the folks who are, who are listening in and sort of how to reach out to you, where to get in touch, this sort of thing? Uh, absolutely. LinkedIn. I, I'm a crazy user of LinkedIn. So anybody who wants to reach me out, uh, reach out to me, just please uh, message me on LinkedIn, connect with me. I am always on there. Um, so, and you also, my email is in the content info as well. So anyone who wants to send me an email, I'm always available. And thanks a lot, Sayil, for having me. It's been really, really nice. Ah, not at all, man. Thanks so much. Um, all right, folks, that's uh, that's it for this uh, episode. So thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, uh, and until next time on Recruiter Screen, if you want to stay up to date with it, please do go ahead and go to MetaView's LinkedIn page and follow. And then that's the best way to stay up to date with, with future episodes and to see clips of this one. Um, uh, but until then, let's hire on. Thanks, folks. <laughs>